Well, <clears throat> as I went to Ukraine, um, one thing that people said to me a lot while I was there was, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Um, we received this from, uh, from friends of ours that we would meet along the way. Uh, some of them were old friends that, uh, that I've known and uh, we've interacted with. Uh, even, um, you know, even though we're at a distance, we still keep up and we, uh, we talk to each other through uh, messaging apps and, and things of that nature. And, and when the war um, started in full, the war's been going on for eight years, but whenever it started in full, um, back in February, uh, we, uh, we've been in interacting and, and, and some of our friends, when we got there, you know, tear-filled eyes, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming. Uh, we'd go through uh, military checkpoints and, um, and the soldiers, uh, we would have to show our passports and uh, the soldiers would say, Americans. And they would say, uh, thank you for coming. And they would say it in Ukrainian. And I've practiced a lot of Ukrainian while I was over there, but I'm not even going to do it this morning because I know that's a setup for failure. That's like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a memory verse for you right quick, and, and then I'll, I'll botch it, right? Uh, same sort of deal. So I'm not even going to try it. And plus, y'all wouldn't know, but I would know, and it's embarrassing, all right? So if I messed up. Uh what is kind of funny, though, too, about the, uh, the checkpoints was they would ask for everybody's passport. And, of course, some of the checkpoints are a little bit more stringent than others because of uh, the area of the, uh, the country that you're in. Um, and uh, in some of them, it's kind of just become routine. And so, uh, so sometimes they would have to give some kind of explanation. Hey, who we are, we're volunteers, we're bringing humanitarian aid, uh, that sort of thing. That's why we're getting into this, this other zone of the country. And, uh, <clears throat> and we were a few days into uh, our travels around, uh, uh, around Ukraine, and, and, um, and one checkpoint, we happened to show an American passport before we showed all the others. And then the soldier looked at the American passport, and he almost didn't even care about the other passports that they were showing him. He was like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we had this joke. We were like, y'all don't even – Y'all don't need your passports. You have us with you right now. You know, like we, we, we're here. And so they're like, oh, the Americans are here. Let's, let's let them through. And it was funny. Uh, and so we, we were kind of being, you know, we were being very American about it. And by very American, I mean, we were being braggadocious about it. You know, how easy it was for us, uh, of course. Um, but we would get this, 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 this gratitude. Thank you for coming. I uh, sat down with <coughs> Pastor uh, Vasily and his wife, uh, uh, an American, her name's Jane, but it's Jinya. And she said, thank you so much for coming. She says, like, y'all being here and y'all coming at this time, at this time of war, means so much to me. And I'm sure you've been there for people in their time of need. And you've shown up 
and they've said to you, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here with me. Now think about those moments. Maybe, maybe your friends, family member, maybe their parent died or some other loved one. And you just showed up and you were there with them in that time that they needed you. And of course, when we, <clears throat> when we hear people say, thank you, for, thank you for coming, thank you, there's a part of us that has to kind of think, what else are they going to say? What else would you say at this moment? And, and, and what I mean by that is, is sometimes we can hear it and we know that they, they mean it, but we can also, if we're not careful, we can take it for granted a little bit that we showed up. I was sitting with uh, Rick Malero. He's another member of the Mission 823 board. He traveled. Uh, it was Sean, him, and I who traveled from America to Ukraine. We met up with our team members there in Ukraine, and then we traveled around uh, Ukraine um, for a little over a week together. And uh, <clears throat> I had never met Rick before this trip except for on you know Zoom calls or for, for the board meeting, I had seen him um, for years. He's been, um, he's been a very active partner with Mission 823. Uh, so I've seen, uh, I, I've seen some of the work that he's done with Mission 823, some of the trips that he's taken to Ukraine. But this was our first time to meet one another. And, um, and, and really glad that I was able to meet him. We had, you know, um, good, good fellowship throughout uh, the time there. But we were, uh, we were sitting in the airport uh, in Krakow, or Krakow, Poland, um, uh, in the wee hours of the morning, uh, we had a 6.30 flight, so we had to get there pretty early, and, um, and we were eating some breakfast, and he said, what are some things that you're going to take away, like a couple key things that you're going to take away from this trip, and, and I'm, a, I'm a person who has to process things uh, quite a bit, like I like to be present in a moment. And so, um, so kind of like the impact and, and things of that nature, uh, I, I, I have to walk away from it for a little bit and then I have to, I have to chew it up. I have to digest it a little bit. You know, I have to really kind of let it sink in. And I was like, man, I, I really don't know. Like I, I explained that to him. I said, it's going to take me some time. I was like, cause this trip has already made an impact, but it's going to continue making an impact on my life. But, but one of the things that I did know al already was, and it's kind of a weird deal. I was like, I don't want to take for granted what it meant for us to be here to our friends and to other people. Like, I'm not proud about it in like a arrogant sort of way. Like, oh, oh I look, look what I, I went and I showed up, right? I, I, I paid the cost and, 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 and uh, faced Face war, right? Um, that's not the idea here. But whenever I would hear this from people, it was very powerful and poignant to me that being present matters. And as I've been thinking about this, um, 
since that morning, and, and, and actually I, I had kind of been processing it a little bit throughout the trip, but, but after I said it that morning, I've been thinking about it even more and more, and, and before I left, before I left, I sent to y'all um, a passage of scripture. Uh, well, we talked about it the Sunday before I left, and then I sent it out to y'all by way of email, but the passage of scripture is in Romans 15, and actually it's not even just a passage of scripture, it's a prayer request. The Apostle Paul appeals to the disciples at Rome, and he says to the disciples at Rome, he says, I want you to pray because I want to be there with you. I have some travel plans, and, uh, and, 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 and my agenda is that I will get to you to be there at Rome. And as I've been, um, uh, as I was thinking about, you know, how important it was how important it was for us to be there that people express that to us, the importance of our presence there. I said, man, that, that whole prayer request is rooted in, in, this, in this thing that Paul gets and that, 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 that people express to me, that there is power in being present with people. There's power in showing up and being present there. And we'll explore a little bit more about the Apostle Paul and his heart and how we can see that he understood this, that there was a desire burning within him. But, but, but even as we go forward a little bit, we, we think that's, that's central to how the, the gospel has been revealed to us. The good news that Jesus is Lord. This good news has been revealed to us by... Jesus coming. Matthew tells us very early on in, in the gospel, he says that, uh, that, uh, that Joseph was told that uh, his fiancée, his bride-to-be, uh, was with child. And that sh this child was, was of the Holy Ghost. This was, a, this was a, a gift of God. This was God incarnate. This was God coming to be present with the, uh, the world that he created, with the people that he created. And then as I think about it even more, uh, the words that Jesus says at the end of Matthew's gospel. To his disciples. You know, he says, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Right? He declares himself. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one. He is the ruling authority over heaven and earth. This has been given to him. This, this, this authority uh, to, to the son has been granted by the father. It has been revealed uh, through the resurrection. And he was about to ascend to to his, to his throne at the right hand of the Father. He gave him some marching orders. He said, go make disciples of all nations. And then he said these words to them. He said, and lo, or, or look, pay attention. I am with you. I am with you even until the end of the the world, and that word world really should be age, a time. 
So we find that this thing that uh, I've experienced in Ukraine, this longing that Paul had to be present with the disciples there at Rome, this is uh, that which we find ultimately revealed from God in Christ to be very special. To have some weight, some meaning to it. Or as I've said it, to have power. There's power in being present. Now, to, to kind of lay it on a little bit thicker about Paul's desire. I want us to uh, look at Romans chapter number one. And Romans 15 is where he gives the, the prayer request. And the prayer request of Romans 15 is that, uh, that verse number 32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. Romans chapter number one, uh, Paul, after he makes his introductions, he says in verse number eight, he says, first of all, I would like to thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. And I'm thankful that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. And Paul says, God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Paul is very intent on getting to Rome and to the disciples at Rome. In chapter 15, he says, hey, I want y'all to pray for me. Here's my uh, travel plans. Here's what I see happening, and I need you to pray that I can get to you. But he opens up in chapter number one, telling them, hey, I have this great desire to be with you, and I don't want y'all to have any question, any doubt about my desire to be with you. Now, we have to, when we read scripture, we might find that Paul is is, is being very intentional to say, I am longing to be with you. God is my witness that I want to be with you, that I pray for you, and that I pray that I might come and see you. Now, when we read something like that, we have to ask the question, why is Paul trying to be so persuasive about this? Why is he telling them, hey, God's my witness, this is my intention this is my desire well doesn't it seem that maybe paul thinks that they doubt this right maybe he's heard tell that uh that paul doesn't want to come to those at rome Maybe not even that he doesn't want to, maybe even more when we get down to verse number 16 and 17, whenever he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Maybe it's 
Paul might be scared to come to Rome. Paul might have a yellow belly. Paul was, for all that we love Paul, right? A lot of people in his day did not treat Paul very kindly, did they? So I would imagine that Paul has to be persuasive because there is doubt in his desire to come and see him. And I would go even a step further and say, with him adding, as we'll see here in just a minute, not only do I long to be there with you, but I'm not ashamed of coming and preaching the gospel there. That there is not just doubt of Paul's desire, but there's, there's questions about Paul's, not even only his courage, but his faithfulness. And what I want us to see is, as we think about that is Paul knows the only cure for this is that he shows up. That he actually comes and is present with them. We'll finish reading, but these are points that we want to get back to in just a minute. So Paul says, Without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers, and my request is that by any means, at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Verse number 11 says, for I long to see you so that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. And that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Verse number 13, he says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was not allowed. I was let hitherto, as the King James says. So again, he's being very persuasive. Don't, don't be fooled about this. Don't be ignorant about this. Don't be naive about this. Don't believe any other tales about this. I've wanted to come and see you for a long time. I've tr actually tried to make plans to come and see you. But up until now, I've not been able to fulfill those plans. Why did I want to come? So that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. Listen, I am indebted both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. I go to all people, in other words. My, my, my ministry is to everyone. I'm not stopping short my ministry anywhere. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are, are at Rome also. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we find in this text 
that Paul has to lay out not only his desire, his want to, to go, but also that his going will reveal his faithfulness to his mission. Right? Faithfulness. I, I, I am going to everyone. I'm going to Jews, to Greeks, to barbarians. I'm going to the wise. I'm going to the unwise. I'm going to all people. I'm not stopping short at anybody to declare the good news. And what's he say about the good news earlier on? The good news, uh, as he says it uh, in verse number three, it concerns that uh, God's son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord. That's what the good news concerns, is that Jesus Christ, he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the ruler of rulers. He is the president of presidents. His kingdom, his nation will never end. Even though America will end, even though Ukraine, sadly, will end, and Russia will end, and Babylon will end, and all the kingdoms, and all the, uh, and all the reigns, and all the rules will end. His kingdom will never end. This is the good news. So, he has to go so that he can reveal his desire and his faithfulness. I would say this, my going, our team going, revealed not just our desire for our friend's well-being, Right? Not just our longing, it revealed how truly we do actually care for them. I don't just have this thing in my heart. Right? James says, don't tell somebody, <laughs> be well, be fed. Somebody who is naked and destitute of food, you can't tell them, have a good day. You better get them some clothes. You better get them some food. And then you can send them on their way. Paul knows that if his desire is going to be revealed, he has to show up. Paul knows that if his faithfulness to the gospel and his faithfulness to his mission which is to get the gospel to everyone, is to be revealed. He has to show up. He has to be present with them. My brothers and my sisters, I bring this to us, to our attention. We who are called to be disciples, who make disciples, we need to understand the power of our presence. And I think we need to take it seriously. Not take it for granted. What it means when we show up. When you show up, it reveals that you don't just have empty words, but that your desire is earnest. There were people who showed up for my wife 
the past couple weeks. Some of them uh, sent some meals. Some of them said, hey, send me your boys. Take a break from three rowdy boys. Uh, some of them said, hey, let's just sit on your back porch and talk for a little while. Uh, she knows that while others also have the desire there were some who showed up I want to say to those of you who showed up thank you for showing up she needed it I want to encourage us to be the people who show up so that we don't just talk and wave our hands about desire, desire for things to be different, desire for things to change, desire for somebody to be comforted, desire for somebody to, to know that they're not alone, but so that we can be earnest in our desire. I would also encourage us that when we show up, we don't just show that it's our desire but that we are being faithful to the task. A statement that has been said to me on multiple occasions, and I'm telling you this, I'm, I hope you all understand, I'm sharing this with uh, the utmost humility because these are not even things that I thought about. But another statement that I heard on multiple occasions from people was, thank you for sh not only preaching but putting action to what you preach in my going to Ukraine. I hadn't thought about it that way. And it's humbling to receive such a word. But what it shows to me is, again, here, like what we see with Paul, it's, I'm not ashamed of the good news. I'm not staying away from Rome because I'm scared. I'm not staying away from Rome because, you know, I'm, I'm intimidated Maybe not by Caesar. Maybe, maybe people thought he was intimidated by Caesar. Maybe people just thought that he was intimidated because at Rome, you know, they were probably like Texans, right? You don't just live in America. You live in Texas. And that means something, right? And if you don't get it, well, you're not from Texas. We get it. We have some friends from Arkansas today. And I'm sure they know it. Texans are arrogant. And they think that America is Texas. It's them just the facts. I don't know what to say. But maybe they thought, oh, Paul, he can go everywhere else, but he's too intimidated to come to us at Rome. And what we know is going on at the church at Rome is that there's division. There's this division between Jewish believers and Gentile believers. And Paul is writing this book this letter actually in this you know this wonderful document so that he can actually begin to set some things straight that there should be no division between jewish believers and non-jewish believers 
Maybe they thought, Paul, you can't, ha- you can't handle it with us, big boys. Are you going to come say that to our face? I didn't have to see much war. I saw the remnants of war. We were uh, scheduled to go to Kharkiv, and the day before we were scheduled to go to Kharkiv, uh, the Russians attacked Kharkiv. So we didn't go to Kharkiv. Uh, I have to tell y'all, I kind of wanted to go to Kharkiv, (laughs) despite it. But I also know that it would not be wise for people here that I showed up in Kharkiv. I don't think my wife would let me back in the house if I went to Kharkiv. But we did go to a territory that was under the threat of war. And in fact, this is one of the one of my, a, a rage point for me right now in my life is this, is we were in villages that had been occupied by Russians for over a month. They had destroyed 28 homes in that village and in other villages around it. And these were people who live in abject poverty as it is. And they had, they had no infrastructure there that they needed to destroy. They had no reason to be destructive in that, in that village except for they wanted to show their force. And they opened up a corridor through this, this, this small little out-of-the-way village because it was a few clicks from Belarus. And they could get all their, uh, their, their tanks in there. And guess what? They could have driven their tanks down the street, and all the people would have done is shake their pitchforks at them. They would not have stopped them. They posed no threat. So they lived with this for over a month. And then uh, Russia uh, has, has refocused its efforts on the south and the east. And these people have gone a month and a half, uh, and not only them, but others in their region, in the region of Zhitomyr. Uh, they've lived a month and a half uh, where they weren't hearing air raid sirens, where they were thinking that they could begin to rebuild their homes and get back to life a little bit. And people have started to move back in. And last Saturday, for the first time in a month and a half, air raid sirens go off again. It's a rage point for me. These people who are just trying to get back to life can't get back to life. We were there. We got to see how these people who were just now starting to feel comfortable were sent right back to terror. So I didn't see active war. But I did see 
the new beginning uh, of some new terror. And whenever I went, what people saw was that this message that I preach is a message that I really live. And what I want y'all to understand is that when you show up, the good news that you trust, the good news that you believe with all your heart, the good news that you encourage people to trust and to believe, when you show up, you show that you really genuinely believe it and that you are faithful to the task of wanting others to know Jesus and to follow him. We see this in Paul. I've been able to see this. I've seen it in you, and I encourage you to keep up. Keep on trusting in the power of being present. I want us to understand this. When God sent his son, he revealed to us that his desire for this world to be rescued and restored is not just hand-waving by the Almighty. He revealed to us in earnest his great love for us. That's what John 3.16 says. John 3.16 says God loved us like this. And this way, that he sent his only begotten son. When God shows up in Jesus, he revealed to us the earnestness of his desire. He also revealed to us his faithfulness. In fact, in the culmination of the long history of Israel was this idea that God was always going to be faithful to his people, whether they were faithful or not. And when God showed up in Jesus, he was the fulfillment of these ancient promises of this Messiah, this ruler, who would not only rule over Israel, but would rule over all the world. God revealed his faithfulness yet again. And his faithfulness was not contingent on Israel's faithfulness. And that's one of the last things that I want to say here is when you show up, you don't need to just show up for those who will show up for you. And a lot of times we show up for people who show up for us. But we keep a ledger book and we remember who didn't show up and we go, well, I'm not showing up for them next time. Get rid of the ledger book. And be faithful. Paul was going to show up even though people were doubting him. For whatever reason, they were doubting him. Whether they were doubting the earnestness of his desire, whether they were doubting his faith, faithfulness, Paul could have done this other thing. And humans like to do this. Well, if they don't believe me, they don't deserve to have me. Y'all have ever felt that way? But instead, Paul says, they don't believe me and they need to know that I truly do desire to be with them. And I truly am striving to be faithful to the mission that's before me. 
And how else are they going to know unless I show up? So when we talk about there being power and presence, again, this is not just some empty notion. There is power because you get to reveal the earnestness of your desire for that person. You get to reveal uh, the truth uh, of your trust in the gospel and, 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 and your trust. You, you believe the trustworthiness of the gospel. If that makes sense. It makes sense to me. I hope that line makes sense to y'all. There is power in us being present. My brothers and my sisters, I encourage you this week that we do not take it for granted. So when we have an opportunity to show up, let's show up. Amen. Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. God, I pray and I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to go. Uh, Lord, I thank you for revealing to me what going meant. Lord, there's so much more to it, but God, I'm thankful for that. Lord, I pray and I ask that you would help us to hold on to this, that not only would we think about going across the seas to Ukraine, but we would go across the street to our neighbor. Lord, might we trust, I pray. I pray, I ask these things in Christ's name. I'm going to give you all a few moments to consider the word that's been presented, proclaimed, and to talk to God about what God's talking to you about. And then in just a few moments, Brother Mitch is going to uh, close us with a song. Well, good word from our pastor this morning. It's good to have him back with us. Sam, by the way, you're here, and we just want to thank you for the past two weeks. 
good words from him as well, and so we appreciate him. Before we uh, sing, uh, Danielle's got something to share with us about our gift card. So if you weren't here with us for Father's Day, we still want to honor you. And so on the back table, there's a gift card for the local coffee shop. So if you weren't here with us on Father's Day, please stop by and get one. And we, we want to share that honor with you. Amen. All right. So make sure and do that. And if you don't, well, we'll just take them and we'll go. <laughs> Let's stand together. Let's sing, all right? Uh -huh. 